Hi, everybody. It's Lee Miltier. You're listening to Awaken Nation with Brad Solace, and I'm here to talk about my brand new book, Activate Your Inner Power. A huge shift is taking place on planet Earth. People seem to be waking up. Tired of the way things used to be, they are creating something brand new and changing the world we live in. My name is Brad Zalas, and I get to sit down with the next generation of idea makers, the disruptors, and the game changers. Everyday people, just like you and me, from all over, who are doing amazing things. Welcome to Awakened Nation. Hey, everybody. I got Lee Miltier on the show today. How you doing, Lee? I am fantastic, Brad, and yourself. Doing really well. You know, I've been watching you over the years, some of your posts uh, with Dan Kennedy, the extraordinary Dan Kennedy, as well uh, as a lot of your videos and your musings and the things you're talking about and helping others achieve uh, success. And I got to tell you, you know, I'm a fanboy over here. Just want to let you know. <laughs> well, I, I I kind of hope so. Since you asked me to be on your show, I would, I would think you'd have to like something. Yeah, um, something about you, something something uh, about me. Yeah, I've been around for a couple of days. Uh, yeah. This is my first rodeo, as one would say. Um, I have a long career, and um, yeah, and, you know, it's very important to have a long career today because it's very challenging to get traction. Um, I mean, yeah. if you look at people on Facebook, sometimes if they can get one person to even like them, you know, yeah. it's a big day. It is. Uh, I'm astounded. Uh, I remember when my resume hit two pages, I felt kind of guilty. <laughs> it's like, is this normal? <laughs> oh, yes. I think I sent you my resume. We sent you the short version. Um, I jokingly call myself a resume, resume builder that I'm oh. always at the first of each year thinking of what you know new thing do I want to accomplish and what do I want on that resume and who do I want to speak with and all those wonderful things. Yeah. Well, for our listeners who are just tuning in for the first time to hear about you, I'm going to let you know all about Lee Miltier. She's a best-selling author, award-winning uh, professional speaker, internationally known and celebrated entrepreneur, visionary, uh, TV personality, intuitive business mentor. Uh, Lee provides business and success advice and resources to 250,000 people Wow, around the world. She is the founder of the Millionaire Smarts Program, which supplies coaching for other coaches and businesses. And I was really impressed with this, you know, because I've been on TV too, but you have crushed it. She hosted the America's Premier Experts TV show, which was aired on NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox Affiliates. Uh, you speak all over North America, Europe, in conventions, private companies, and entrepreneurial and niche market events. Lee has been speaking on the Truth Tour, now being interviewed by many podcasts on her views on how to stand your group and speak up for truth in the world. We're going to talk a lot about that. Um, you've worked with Walt Disney, AT&T, Xerox, IBM, Ford, NASA. I'm getting tired. Look at this. Holy moly. Federal Express, 3M, uh, Sales and Marketing Executive International, plus hundreds of government agencies and scores of conventions associations, meetings, niche market events um, repeatedly, and they retain and inspire you to motivate their audiences. I would love to see you speak. Um, I bet you're a firecracker on stage, huh? Oh, yes. Go to go to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll look those up. Um, we're going to really talk today. This is what I really wanted to talk to you about, and that is um, your book, 
activate your inner power. And uh, you want to hold that up there? Yes. I love the cover. And uh, it's a book of guided uh, guidance messages. And I'm a big fan of intuition. Let's put it that way, okay? And so let's dig in. Let's let's get into this right away. You talk about five types of energy in the book. And I want you to explain them. And they're not obvious, you know? So let's dig into this. Okay, well, they're not obvious because we all had such a, a really terrible educational system growing up. Uh, our educational system was about um, memorizing things to satisfy somebody's search for us to be able to memorize things versus actually learning anything. Um, I was fortunate that uh, I grew up on a ranch farm and my I was first born and I'm going to get around to the energy. And because I was first born on a ranch, my father wanted me to be a boy named yeah. Lee. <laughs> there you go. And so here I am. I show up. So I got raised as a boy, to be honest, to be, you know, a helper on the farm. And um, one of the things that I learned at a very young age on uh, where you are self-sustaining and we were completely off the grid. The only thing we had to buy pretty much was uh, flour and salt. Mm -hmm. We had everything on the ranch. I mean, everything. We had wells. We had uh, a two-acre garden, which I hated with a passion because I got up at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> That's not a garden. Two acres. <laughs> two-acre garden. I mean, that yeah. was just that, that was the small garden. Yeah. So the five kinds of energy are mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial. Mm -hmm. And so I really help people, Brad, with understanding that you have a limited amount of resources. And that to be successful at anything, and I mean anything, you have to take those five kinds of energy every day and you have to divide those up on how you're going to pay attention to those energies and how they work for you. And our cultures today completely waste their currencies for the most part. You know, people walking down the street with the phone in front of their face, not even looking to see if people are driving by um, are our reality has been set up where someone else is going to take care of you. But here's the truth. They're not. Uh, no one is coming to save you. You have to save yourself. And so you better be damn well sure you're using your life currency in ways that you can monetize, leverage, and also protect yourself. So I'm uh, very big on um, in fact, I, I will give up at the end of your thing today, I'll give away a, a video series that's worth $100 to all your people just so they can learn more about that. Awesome. That means you got to listen to the end, folks, all that's the way right. to the end. All the way to the end. <laughs> I had a feeling you were a country girl. I grew up in uh, Lebanon, Pennsylvania, surrounded by farmers. And uh, my dad was raised on a farm, so he believed in hard work, um, hoarding. <laughs> and uh, when you talk about energy, I know a lot of people listening are probably going to go, what the, what the heck is she talking about? And uh, the only example I could give is when I was little, and we're talking five, six years of age, I remember going to church with my mom and dad, and you know, you're all dressed up, and but you're down below the adults. You know, you're looking up and you're listening and they're talking. And I'll never forget. I noticed this and I, and it still sticks in the back of my head. 
when a person would talk about, you know, my parents would go, how you doing? And they go, oh, I'm getting old. And they were just, they were hunched over. They had a cane and they were miserable. They didn't want to get older. And they were only 40. (laughs) (laughs) I could feel the energy of the person who was walking and they were telling themselves in their head, running a tape, going on and on and on. I'm old, I'm old, I'm old. Well, they manifested it. They're old. And so my, you know, my mother, she, even at in her sixties, she looked like she was in her forties. I'm about to turn 60 in three weeks. Wow. You don't look it at all. (laughs) uh, And, and you as well, you look very young and that's energy within yourself. It's not only the physical, it's some of the spiritual because that tape is running. Do you want to talk about some of those things you've discovered with your clients where there's a disconnect between what they want to create for themselves and what they're telling themselves. Yes, that that is a wonderful subject, Brad. Okay, so we are all self-fulfilling prophecies. And a, a, just like what you just said, this person was saying, I'm getting old. Um, I've noticed this a lot with people. My clients sometimes talk about, oh, I'm getting old. Uh, they like to use that. I'm getting too old for this, you know, SHIT stuff. Yeah. Uh, but here's the truth. You, you know, we are self-fulfilling prophecies. And what you tell your conscious and your subconscious mind becomes true. See, mm-hmm. success isn't like uh, reading a book where you start at the beginning, you go to the middle and you go, then you go to the end. Success right. is actually opposite. It, success is seeing the end result that you want. And then you have a plan of action towards that which means you have to be very, very careful since we're self-fulfilling prophecies of exactly what do we declare for ourselves. So for example, every morning I wake up and tell myself, today's going to be a fantastic day. I'm going to have a great time today. I'm attracting wealth and success to myself today. And I am the healthiest person alive. And um, I mean, when I go into my doctor's office, they'll always ask a lot of questions. So like, no, 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 no. I'm healthy. I'm healthy. I'm healthy. Everything about me is healthy and I am healthy. And in during the last two and a half years, I never came down with anything. Um, I didn't wear any coverings. I didn't follow any rules. Um, I did whatever (laughs) the heck I wanted to do. And uh, they don't call me a renegade for nothing. And, you know, I just took care of myself. And so you got to ask yourself, you know, when you're even joking around, you're saying I'm always late. Yeah. See, people don't understand that when you actually say something, you're giving a command to your brain. Your brain sees in pictures. It doesn't actually see like we're seeing right now. Actually, your brain sees this whole image upside down and then it corrects it. And it we all see in pictures. So if you say to yourself, I'm always late, you're literally installing, we call it imprinting, into your brain that you're late. Now, people don't understand that 90% of your actions are unconscious, that you're not even aware. I mean, you don't even think about how you brush your teeth or you're driving somewhere. And I mean, how many times have you driven something like, like, where the hell am I going here? Right, right. (laughs) You know, I'm driving, but like, where, where's my brain? Because Mm -hmm. we are so run by our subconscious mind. So you have to clean up literally the things you say to yourself. So the women who say, or the men who say, Uh, You know, everything I eat goes directly to my thighs. Guess what? They have big thighs or bellies because Mm -hmm. they gave 
your body has a, a what we call a, a, a control center to it. And in that control center, it tells your body to be healthy. It tells your body to not be healthy. Um, I think a great example of this was Elvis, who oh, yeah. his mother died at 48. And he said his entire life, I will die the same as my mother, young. And he died wow. at 48. I believe wow. he died at 48. Yeah. And there's a there's so much, if you think about in your life, if you say, oh, I'll never get that. Um, my mother was uh, a complicated woman. Let me just put it nicely. And she always used to say, well, if our ship came in, I would be at the bus station. And that's <laughs> damn well true for her. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm just the opposite, Brad. I'm always saying out loud and to myself and through affirmations and scripting and, and all the other books that I've written, which are, by the way, a lot of them behind me. Uh, I'm always saying positive things to myself because I grew up in a complicated childhood. Some would call it abusive, but yeah. it made me very strong. So yeah. you have to pay attention to where are you telling yourself to fail? Where are you telling yourself you'll never be the one picked or you'll never get hired or you'll never finish the book or you'll never get the big contract? Uh, you know, and here's the reasons why. This is BS. We are unlimited in our possibilities and unlimited in our power. See, school system never told us we were powerful. And um, if I may share a little story. Please. Um, when I was um, 16, um, I, I hated school. School mm -hmm. to me was prison. And it was like, I'm this wild child. And I want to do what I want to do. And finally, they decided that to try to control me, they put me in the library and they actually made me a library helper, which I had found heaven because wow. one, I'm in charge. <laughs> and two, I'm not in class. And three, I can read anything I can find in the library I want to read. And guess what I read? What? The Magic of Believing by Claude Bristol. Think and Grow oh, wow. Rich by Napoleon Hill, Psycho Cybernetics by Dr. Maxwell Maltz at 16. What? what? And and by the way, I read Gone with the Wind when I was seven. <laughs> so um I'm I'm a big reader, and this was my ticket out of poverty, Brad. This was my ticket because I would spend my life in the guidance counselor's office and they'd go, Well, here are the 10 things girls can do. And I'm like, well, I can't do that. Don't want to do that. Never going to do that. Eh, no, 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 no. Not and interested. Yeah. Not interested. So uh, they had a meeting um, for the whole school one day and they said, we're looking for volunteers to leave school for two days, go out into the real world and sell uh, ads for the yearbook. I'm the only person in the entire school system who raised her hand, said, me, pick me, pick me, Lord, get out of here. And my father said no to everything I asked him. So I learned to be this fabulous negotiator because wow. no is the beginning of yes. And all you have to know is what a person's position is. And then you can actually give them the benefits and the skills and all the things that they need. So. I didn't know anything about sales. I just know I'm I'm the heck out of school. I'm a happy girl. And I went and sold the whole 
everything for the yearbook. That's incredible. <laughs> so, you know, it was this great thing that because I had read those books and and I was an average student, I only got B's in school because it kept me off restriction. I mean, school was mm-hmm. just completely too slow for me. Right. And so it's a matter of the caliber of information that you are putting into your own mind because it's great if other people tell you you're great and you're smart and you're all those things. But if you grow up in an environment where it's drip, 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 you're unworthy, you're stupid, you don't know what you're doing. Who who do you, the one I heard all the time was, who do you think you are? <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one many, many times. You know, you and I have a lot in common. My mother was bipolar. And uh, my dad was very um, Hungarian, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, so he, he didn't care about my feelings. And uh, th- th- yeah, yeah, I escaped through drumline. Uh, yeah, and, uh, Boy Scouts, you know, you name it. I wanted to be out of the house. So let me ask you a question because um, this is a magical moment when you're reading these books and you probably didn't realize your destiny while you're reading Napoleon Hill and all these other, the power of belief, um, you probably didn't realize where it would take you. But let me ask you, how did you overcome some of these traumas, these limitations, these thoughts that were floating around in your head? And they're floating around in most people's heads, uh, you know, in life. It's a fabulous question. It's it's long, but I'll, I'll make this short. This Um, is your interview. I, I had no, um, is Dan Kennedy wrote about me. He said, this is a woman who grew up with no contacts, no money, no connections, and no support. So how did you get through life with that? I didn't have plan B. There had to be plan A, get the hell out of Dodge, get going in life. So when I was 17 years old in a high school, I pretended that I was 19 and got a full-time job as a rock and roll disc jockey on a radio station, <laughs> I completely fudged the 17 to 19. And I kept saying, but I'm really busy. I can only work on weekends <laughs> after 4 p.m. <laughs> That's funny. So I, I, I think the short version of that story is um, I had no backup, Brad. I mean, the backup was people expected me to just get married. And as my father jokingly used to say as I was growing up, you damn well better get a good career because you are terrible wife material. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I consider that a great hint in life because yeah. that's pretty much true. Um, you know, I'm not very domestic. Don't take orders well. You know, I'm, I'm not a traditional wife at all. Um, I like to go out and, you know, bring the bacon home myself. Right. Um, Fortunately, I have a very good mate who likes all that. So, um, you know, it worked. you have to find out what works for you. But we overcome bad things by not focusing in on the bad things. But we focus in on what can be, what's possible. How can I use my mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial energy in a way that will leverage me up? Right. Also, I had such a work ethic growing up on a ranch. Because I got up every morning at 4 a.m. I took care of all the horses. I came home from school, took off my good clothes, put on the work clothes, 
and then had chores. And I just knew that I would be willing to do whatever it took to be successful. And my my real goal was to be financially successful because if I could achieve financial success, I could be completely independent. And that was my goal. That is extraordinary because people don't realize for you to become financially independent and to create businesses and become a consultant or whatever road you want to go down, you must work on yourself and vice versa. If you, I always say this, if you are struggling in your business, it's, chances are it's your own limitations in your head or knowledge you don't know. As Napoleon Hill said, you have a particular type of knowledge um, that people are paying for. So if you're missing that knowledge, you either have to hire somebody or get it together yourself. And it's always a reflection. When you're a small business owner, a self-proprietor, the business will be a reflection of your own limitations and vice versa. You'll see it in your business. Um, there's a problem in your business, it's usually you. And what people don't understand when they go down the entrepreneur road, uh, and I've been an entrepreneur since 1979, I have had to change completely along the way in order to embrace success. And it's the same with every single entrepreneur I meet, including yourself. You worked on yourself to find that success. As a matter of fact, my first book was called Success is an Inside Job. Yeah. And this book is in its 12th so true. printing. And wow. Yes, yes. Uh, I don't know what year I originally wrote it. Then we, you know, updated it, um, you know, because things change. You have to update them. So yeah. I, I think that we're, you're 100% correct. Our big problem in life is our own self-image. Our, so, our self-image determines how much money we make, what risk we will take, how much we'll put ourselves out there, how, you know, you won't, you, you won't let the inner critic or the inner fear stop you. You just go forward. Right. And I was willing to just go forward and, and fail. I mean, you know, there were things I did that, you know, completely you know, at the time were, you know, just dead end things, but I learned something from them. And I think everything we do in life actually gives us a great deal of advantages. If you'll just learn from the mistakes, learn from the experience. And I think a lot of people like to have a pity party and actually just feel sorry for themselves. Um, but I just grew up in a way that there, there isn't plan B. We have to make this work. We have to go forward. And my father was like, he wasn't from the country you were from, but they were probably friends yeah. <laughs> in their mindset. Um, there was no excuses growing up. I mean, the, the horses had to be fed. The cows had to be taken care of. The animals had to be done. The storm yeah. was coming. You know, if we worked all night trying to get a harvest in before the big hurricane hit or whatever, I mean, that was normal. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't even think anything about it. In fact, not too terribly long ago, I got hired by a, uh, American greeting cards. And there was a lot of people, speakers they were considering, but they actually chose me because I grew up on a farm ranch. Wow. Because That's they great. said work ethic is very hard to find. It is. Yeah. I remember my father saying this. Uh, you and I probably know how to get cows off the highway. We do. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, my father said this to me when I was little, and I'll never forget the speech. He says, I am your father. I am not your friend. Uh, when I say jump, you ask me how high. Maybe when you're 35, I might find you interesting enough to have a beer with you. Right now, put on your work clothes. We're going to go outside and make a memory. <laughs> I was 10. Okay. So I'm holding the ladder for my father. He's 226 pounds, six foot two. How am I going to stop a ladder? But he was training me that as I got older, I could do this. I was laying concrete at 10, 11 years of age. I was carrying bricks, you know, and you learn, and I, I know you learned this, when you learn to do enough chores, it becomes rote and you begin to realize you don't have an opinion about it. You just get it done. And I think that affects our careers as we get older. When it's time to design or do graphics or write, I do it. Nine o'clock, boom, got my coffee. We're going to start typing. So I think it that discipline, that work ethic, we have lost touch with it because everybody's all about touchy feeling nowadays. Well, I don't feel like doing that. I don't feel, but you and I, I think, learned this valuable lesson. It's the Puritan work ethic. But honestly, this is a work ethic anywhere in the world you go where you see people really crushing it. Is this? Get up and go. Eat the frog, as Dan uh, or as uh, Brian Tracy says, eat the frog first. You do that hard thing first, get it done. Am I right about that? Uh, absolutely. Um, when I was 12 years old, my um, we had we had a big farm and we also rented five other farms around us. Like there wow. wasn't enough work. <laughs> and so one of our foremen uh, got really hurt and uh, I came home from school and my father says to me, he said, well, today you're 12. Today you go in business for yourself and I have a job for you. You're the new foreman of another farm because <laughs> the guy has is, is sick and you're the new, you're the new gal. So go to the, go to the barn, get your horse, get your rifle, get some water, pack some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, whatever. And uh, you have 37 people you're in charge of. And what we did is we went from farm to farm to farm and we had peanut crops. And so we uh, had to take and remove all the weeds from all the peanuts so that they would thrive. And my nickname, Brad, was one more row before we rest. <laughs> one more row. And, and, and at 12 years old, I learned I had no money to motivate them. The only thing I had was rest and water and, you know, and a shotgun. Butter, jelly sandwiches. And I actually worked harder and faster than all of them to keep them going. I wasn't behind them. I was way out in front of them, wow. making them come with me. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And it, it actually was a great experience for me. It was hard, but I learned to manage people. I learned to manage myself and I really learned to be a leader. And I have natural in, I mean, I'm a natural leader. Right. I mean, this was, I was born to be a leader. So I have a very hard time. I could never, I could never go to work, you know, for another company. I mean, yeah. I am unemployable in that sense. You and me, sister. Uh, yeah, I've been self-employed since 1984. Uh, actually, 1987. I had two jobs in four years from 1984 to about 1987. 
And uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go freelance. And I've worked for myself ever since. Um, yeah, I, I, I like it better. Uh, you just said that you were given a rifle at 11. I learned to shoot uh, prone with a, a single bolt action 22 in the Cub Scouts. <laughs> yes, so, me too. I, I was in Girl Scouts, but yes, yeah. I learned to shoot at seven. Yeah. I they want a tractor at eight. I, I grew up in Pennsylvania. They hand you a rifle <laughs> at 10, I think. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, that's my joke. 10 um, or 11. Yeah. But my dad, my dad was very similar. Like at 15, he signed the papers for me to go work. And my first job was a paper route. Uh, and then I wound up working at Hershey Park. And I remember I wanted this management position so badly. So it took about two summers of working. And then they said, okay, you're assistant manager. So I'm 18 and I'm trying to manage 18 and 20 year olds. And, uh, you know, they, they gave me a hard time one Saturday. They said, you play favorites. And I go, you're damn right. I do. And I know I'm 18. It probably sounded more like you're darn tootin'. I play favorites, buddy. You know, um, you're lucky they took you seriously, you know, cause, but they probably were like, that's the boss's daughter. <laughs> and you outworked every good. They, they were afraid of me. Good. I'm glad like to hear most that. people who work for me are. <laughs> nice. Uh, but I asked them, I go, am I intimidating or are you intimidated by me? <laughs> and then I drink out of their coffee cup. That's um, very funny. Uh, there are several things in your book that, that, that really I want to talk about. This is the one that I, I have worked on, but it's, it's hard to talk about because it really is esoteric, and that is calling back your energy. I found that chapter fascinating because, but let's talk about that, because calling back your energy, what does that mean? What is that all about? Okay, so again, we're much more powerful than we've ever been thought that we are. Okay, so right. we flitter away our energy uh, with worry, with doubt, with fear, uh, with trying to impress other people, um, all that kind of thing. So when you start to realize you're feeling powerless or uh, circumstances are out of your control, um, I actually literally say it out loud. I am calling back all of my energy. I, um, I call back all of my curiosity. I call back my, my intuition. I call back my willpower. I call back my vision. I call back my purpose in life. I call back everything that I need to see this situation clearly and to monetize and leverage it. <laughs> um, I will share this with you. When I was in school, I was always asking my teachers, how do you make money from this knowledge? Or right. how do you leverage or monetize? I've learned these words and I was very proud of these two words. I use them all the time, <laughs> leverage and monetize. And it completely freaked out my teachers because they had no clue. And yeah. they actually took me to the uh, principal's office and said to me, please stop asking these questions. We don't know how you do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, so, I have things to say about that, but keep going. So anyway, you know, the whole thing about calling back your energy is start to realize where you've given up your energy. I mean, who have you given your power to? What have you given your power to? What fear have you allowed to like, you know, claw its way into your system? And wow. then um, 
I'm a big person of facing fears front. I mean, mm-hmm. I have always, you know, I always tell everybody I'm with and, and work with and everything. I said, never sugarcoat anything with me. Give me the honest truth about the situations. I cannot fix and come up with um, appropriate solutions if I don't know the truth. So never, ever sugarcoat anything. Give me the full barrels of what the situation is. And I guess that is from my childhood of just, you know, you need to know what's going on. Uh, Fear can just grasp you and and make you um, indecisive. Uh, And also fear gives you stress. And when you get stressed, then you can't think clearly. You doubt yourself. You're indecisive. Um, I'm going to be doing a a presentation today just on these very things this afternoon about the the whole thing about boundaries for yourself. And, you know, the stress that entrepreneurs deal with aren't the same stress that civilians have. Okay, civilians. These are people who have an automatic paycheck. You know. They, they don't really think about all of the repercussions of everything they say and do because they just think, well, if I'm not going to get fired, I'm good. Um, but we're self-employed every day. You know, we have to step up to the plate yeah. and, you know, be your very best. So I really recommend that um, the next time fear gets you, go outside, take a little walk in nature and have a little chat with fear. And ask yourself, seriously, what am I really, really deeply afraid of? What is it that is stuck inside of me that I feel incapacitated and immobilized? And 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 be honest with yourself about that. Yeah. So you can do it on paper. You can do it with yourself. But if I have a real come to Jesus talk with myself, so to speak, yeah, I can then my intuition will actually tell me what's bothering me. Uh, yeah, that is true. You got to listen to those inner nudges, you know, those inner voices. That's your gut telling you where you need to go. Um, I forget the scientists who discovered this, but like our conscious brain burns 2000 neurons a second, let's say. And, but our subconscious brain uh, burns 2 billion. Uh, neurons per second. So who do you think is really in charge? And who do you really think you need to get in tune with? That deeper inner self. That's the subconscious. It's more of the the feeling of something, the perception of something, not the mental part, the perception and the feeling of where your fear lies. Your fear is telling you a very strong, um, (laughs) it's giving you a very strong nudge, folks. Uh, and Lee has discovered that and given you the secret. So uh, keep listening in on this podcast. Um, I wanted to ask you, what are the habits that we need to retire immediately? Oh, habits to retire. Wow. That could be a whole day's worth of stuff. I think uh, watching the media, mainstream media is, <laughs> is a complete uh, waste of time because you're actually allowing people to open your veins and put poison in your body. Yes. The media. Uh, <clears throat> it destroys your confidence. It destroys your ability 
to think, well, most people watch the media sort of if they have a project or a goal, they think, well, what's the point? Yeah. You know, it's all going to fall apart anyway. What's the point? Well, why don't you just crawl up on your sofa and stick your thumb in your mouth and suck on that for a while? And that's going to do such a great thing for your future. Yeah. Um, so you got to get rid of uh, the mainstream media. You have to get rid of uh, people who aren't really friends or uh, aligned with you. Yeah. Anybody who is narcissistic uh, and taking advantage of you, using you. You know, you might not have wanted to see that, but you need to open your eyes and see who is really aligned with you and is supporting you and nurtures you and loves you. And who are those who are just conveniently on the ride while you're providing the wheels, so to speak. Uh, Another habit you need to get rid of is uh, folding when things get hard because everything worth having is going to get hard and there are going to be challenges. But the whole thing about that is asking yourself, all right, you know, you're into so you're using not only your intuition to find solutions, but, you know, you got a brain, you, you know, there are resources out there. If you start asking yourself, who could I talk to or what book could I go to or what reference could I go to that I can find this answer? It's, it's wild how it will just pop right up for you. Yeah. Uh, another bad habit is uh, actually being lazy. Um, I call it the half-ass thing. You know, most people think they can do things half-ass and it'll be fine. Not in my world. In my world, you are half-ass, you're (laughs) gone-ass. So um, I'm very big on, you know, we're going to do it right. We're going to do it with the most elegance and and professionalism. And we're going to serve our clients and our customers and our you know, the people that we work with, uh, with the highest integrity we possibly can. So um, the other thing is um, discounting your ability to actually be able to reach the things that you want. You know, who says you're not good enough? Only you at this point. Just because your parents, you know, 100 years ago didn't think you could get out of the rain doesn't mean you have to think that today. So if you're not your own cheerleader and constantly priming the pump by, yeah. you know, like my, this is just one little small part of my library and uh, I'm a big reader and I read a lot of books and I interview a lot of people and I am just an information junkie. I love information. So the more, more I'm a learner and I have contributed I would say my long-term success in life to the fact that I'm a true learner. I will learn from things. I'm not going to let that mistake keep me down. That now is a, that is a lesson I've learned. I won't make that anymore. Yeah. It's very interesting. Those habits. um, I stopped watching broadcast news probably 20 years ago. And uh, I've never been somebody who had high blood pressure problems. I just, I don't like gunk in my head and in my heart. And so that's my barometer. If I'm feeling like a certain way, it's like, okay, uh, this is not serving me. Uh, and and I've actually had people look at me and say, well, how do you keep up with the news? How do you know what's going on in the world? And I'm just like, you know what? I live a rich and extraordinary life without watching it. If I need to know something, I call up my best friend, Dieter, who watches all of it. <laughs> so what's the top story? Oh, okay, we're done. 
you know, it's an hour, catch up, we're done. I don't need to watch the news. And most of us don't because uh, some broadcast journalist was caught saying on the news, they didn't like Twitter. They didn't like any of these services, this uh, citizen journalist, because they actually blurted this out. We're here to tell you what to think. So do you want this crap poured into your head, ladies and gentlemen, or do you want to listen to, you know, a podcast like this? You know, there's dozens of great shows that you can fill your brain with, or you can watch these motivational documentaries or things that are uplifting or fun, because let's be honest, we all get knocked on our butt, you know, or took us for those of you Yiddish out there, um, you get knocked on your butt. And some of us, our process is to lick our wounds first cry a little bit, play some sad songs. And then one day we go, all right, I'm done. I'm going to get back in that saddle. And um, I just explained my process, by the way, Uh, (laughs) you know, um, because, uh, you know, you're, you're either type A personality or you're, uh, I do disc, you know, assessment. So I know that. You you guess what I am. You're a high top D I. You're a over the top D, but you have the I, which makes you softer (laughs) instead of, you know, uh, what was it? What was that uh, movie about salespeople? Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, you know, they were just ruthless. Um, I'm a high I with a, a solid D when it comes to work, uh, you know, be, but, uh, you know, sometimes I'm not the, you can always spot an I, uh, you know, how you can always spot an I in the DISC, you know, behavioral uh, assessment. The I will start a meeting with, hey, how are your wife and kids? How are you doing? You know, we start with the emotional stuff. Whereas a high D, we're like, did you sign the contract yet? Did you? Did you? Did you sign it? Yeah, that's that's the difference. So it's good. Well, I've learned to be a little bit more diplomatic. Screw that. A real D would say, that you, no. <laughs> so let me ask you, uh, how did you meet Dan Kennedy? Because you you've had a great relationship with him. Everybody who's in the, um, especially if you're a small business owner, uh, chiropractor, uh, you're doing cleaning carpets, everybody knows Dan Kennedy if you want to be successful. So how did you meet the great marketeer, Dan Kennedy? So when I decided to become a professional speaker, um, my training for that was going to the printer and having my cards made that said, Lee Miltier, professional speaker. (laughs) Yeah. And then I just launched into something. I had no clue what I was doing. But, you know, um, I heard about this thing called the National Speakers Association. Right. So I was so broke. I had no money whatsoever. Um, I borrowed money and clothes to go to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, to stay at the Camelback Inn, which was very expensive. I remember checking in thinking, sweating, like, oh, dear. Right. <laughs> and I'm I'm in the National Speakers Association, and they're all talking about being pretty and, and your speeches and all this. And I'm thinking, well, this is all great, but, you know, I need to learn how to make a living here. Like, yes. you know, I have to pay bills. And so as I'm walking down a hallway, I see this sign, Brad, that said, the truth about the business of speaking by Dan Kennedy. And he had piggybacked across the hall from the National Speakers Association and put on his own seminar. And as you were walking down the hall, you couldn't miss it. So I see this 
<clears throat> and I stop and the room is full. There has to be 350 people in this room. And there was one chair left in the very, very back. And so I got and sat there and I thought, oh my God, this guy is like word candy. And yeah. I just love this. And so Dan does his speech and then he says, and I'm completely green. I mean, so dumb and have no clue what's going on in life. And he said, if you'd like to sign up in the back of the room for a 15 minute, uh, I guess it was, you know, a 15 minute session with me. I had no idea who was going to pitch me on hiring him. So yeah. I get there and there's only one slot left and it's at 445 when I write my name in there. And so 445 comes by and, oh, I take that right. There were two slots left, 445 and five o'clock. And so I signed up for 445 and I'm sitting there and Dan looks at me and he says, and I swear he says this, he goes, well, and he's like drumming his fingers. He says, I don't really like working with women. <laughs> and I laughed and said, too bad. I got 14 minutes. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I was so shocked at my reason, like, you know, I'm here, take care of me, that yeah. he laughed. And he says, I think I'm going to like you. Yeah. And 15 minutes goes by and the next person didn't show up. So I had another 15 minutes. And then he asked me if he'd like me to take him, if he could take me to dinner since I was broke. <laughs> nice. And so we went to dinner and I remember being so confused, like, why would he even ask me to go to dinner? But we became friends and we've been deep, deep friends ever since. So uh, we think yeah. alike. Um, I'm nicer than he is. <laughs> he, he, um, his no BS uh, newsletter is just when he he writes the you know the letter from the editor. Uh, it, it's like a slap in the face if you're not a boomer, let's say, and you're raised in that boomer sort of mentality of this is the raw truth, folks. And he'll he slaps it into you. Some people are like shocked, but this is the truth about the industry. This is the truth about marketing. This is the truth about this. He does not sugarcoat it. He tells a great story. He's a great storyteller. But Dan Kennedy is like the guy when it comes to writing copy. Um, you know, it's he's just phenomenal. And he's legendary amongst all of us. And um, you got the, the chance to really hang out with him. So I love, uh, and he was sick recently. And I, I love all your tributes that you're, you were posting, by the way. Thank you. Um, because he is a, an icon in the industry. He is. He, he's a great man. And and we've been friends for a very long time. His joke is we've been friends for so long. We cannot not be friends. We know too yeah. much on each other. You're right. You know <laughs> but, all the dirt. Um, we've worked together. We did Renegade Millionaire together. We did Peak Performers together. We actually uh, toured with Zig Ziglar together. Uh, so it was wow. Dan Kennedy, myself, and um, a memory guy that I swear to God, we could never remember his name. <laughs> That's funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> and so the the four of us toured for about uh, six or eight months around the United States. And uh, I had breakfast with Zig almost every morning and uh, dinner with Dan. And, you know, it, it was a great experience for me. And I've done a lot of touring in my life all over the world. And um, there's yeah. a reason for all those people, you know. Yeah, being part of my group because I I used to do public seminars. I did a hundred cities a year, 
from nine to four all by myself. I'm the only speaker. I talked at the speed of light (laughs) and I would get off stage and get on a plane and go to the next city. And I would do three cities a week. And I did that six solid years. Wow. And uh, go ahead. That's why there's the AT&T and Ford Globals and all those names, because people in the audience saw me and I was wild on stage because, look, if you're yeah. doing the same seminar every day, day after day, you're going to entertain yourself. <laughs> you have to. I'm, I'm a speaker as well. And it was just like, OK, how can I kick this up a notch after doing <laughs> 10 of these in a row? Um, exactly. So I just kind of had fun and was, you know, wild and People liked me. And so they'd go home and say, hey, next time we have an event, you got to hire this gal named Lee Miltier. Yep. She's a she's a hoot. And uh, so I got a lot of and most people wouldn't have been able to do that kind of um, serious. You didn't have a life for six years. I yeah. did not have yeah. a life for six years. I devoted my my entire I, uh, life. I tell to people that all tour. the time they, they used to ask me, you know how do you stay sane flying so much? And I said, I have to act like a child when I get on the airplane. Uh, Otherwise I'm going to go stir crazy. Another flight, you know? Um, So I play with the window. I call them the stewardess and I, I take on this childlike attitude. I mean, you see the toys behind me. It's clear that I'm (laughs) a child, Um, but I used to talk about generational issues and I'll never forget this one. I, I did a breakout session uh, for all these insurance people down in Philadelphia and I'm from Pennsylvania. So it was just great to go down and, you know, see friends and, and hang out. But, um, I was giving the keynote and like you, I just, I, I wanted to have fun. So I'm having fun on stage. I'm playing around. I'm talking 20 minutes into my presentation. This woman just stands up and she goes, I'm going to hire you. And she's putting it right at me. She goes, we have a, we need you in Las Vegas in a month or two. I got hired literally. I said, all right, you need to sit down. We'll negotiate this later. That's <laughs> so, but, great. But we had fun. And I, uh, you know, you, if you want to be a speaker folks, you, you got to write the books and you got to see things from a different angle, but you also have to be entertaining on stage and you bring the thunder and you bring the facts and you bring the truth. Uh, and people will keep hiring you because from that one gig that I didn't get paid a lot for, I received five keynotes after that over the next two years, just from that one gig. And so that's, that's how you get it. You know, you have to be extraordinary on stage. That's why Lee is so popular. That's why she knows all these famous people. That's why she gets on TV because she's grace under fire, right? (laughs) You know, you know how to bring that thunder. But, and, and also it's this um, let yourself go. I think, um, you know, one of the habits you said, get rid of, you, you got to stop monitoring yourself. Just like when I went on the truth tour, I just like this was a place I could just really tell the truth without, you know, worried about some corporate sponsor, you know, yeah. going to fire me because there were no corporate sponsors on there. Um, so, yeah, no. Um, by the way, the place that I did the hundred cities a year, I was the only person without a, I have, by the way, an honorary PhD, but they Mm -hmm. had real PhDs. Right. Um, And I've got a lot of honorary stuff. So I didn't even have to go to college for that. So that was really cool. But um, they were very scripted and very uptight and they couldn't understand why they didn't get good ratings. Not only did I get the best ratings for five straight years that I worked there, but 
the also, I was the top salesperson because I would actually, you know, hold a product and then go, this is great. Buy this. This one sucks. Don't buy that. Right. That's great. Wow. So, you know, you lead. And I was telling the truth. I always tell the people who sponsor, yep. I don't put any products that aren't good on my on my uh, list here because I'm going to I'm going to tell people how bad they are. Yeah. Uh, I don't want you buying that. That's fantastic. Well, you know, it was the truth tour. <laughs> it was the truth tour. Yes, the truth tour. <laughs> well, it, it just, it it always boggles my mind, uh, you know, that people want to be a speaker, but they don't really know what it what it takes to do that. Uh, do you have five minutes? Can we go I five? Do. Okay. I just want to make sure if we go past, you're okay with that. Um, you also worked with Joe Vitale, am I correct? And Ben Gay? Yes. Um, Joe and I worked together uh, in Phoenix, Arizona for the first time. And he came up to me and he actually had my book, um, Success is an Inside Job. And he'd been telling everybody to buy the book. And I was like, wow, Joe, I don't even know you, but thank you so much. And so, yes, I've worked with Joe. I've worked with uh, Ben. I interviewed Ben. Um, My real company, Brad, uh, my big company is a done for you content provider. Mm-hmm. So I provide content for other coaches and businesses around the world. My biggest client is Japan. Wow. That's amazing. Like thousand people in Japan just subscribing to my success club and things like that. So my audience is very clear. Uh, freedom seeking entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, I'm very clear about my audience. Uh, I don't really do any corporate stuff anymore yeah. because uh, when 9-11 happened, I had over a million dollars in speaking on the books and um, I'd had worked with Walt Disney, AT&T, Ford Global, NASA for over a dozen years each as a subcontractor. And when wow. 9-11 happened in 17 days, every contract I had got canceled and I went from a million dollars on the books to zero on the books. (laughs) And I had to sort of re not sort of, I completely reinvented myself and I I don't take kindly to people not honoring their agreements with me. So I've never uh, sought after corporate stuff ever again. It's all entrepreneurial. Yeah. You know, it's funny. uh, I did nothing but corporate speaking in the beginning and uh, it's a one-off. You know, you do you do um, a keynote. They might bring you back twice. Uh, they buy your books, but uh, you know, it really. I enjoyed doing the workshops because everything I discovered that I put in my first book, Liquid Leadership, I would make them learn it, you know, and go through it, and then go have an aha moment. I love that part. But the reality is, is once you're done, you're done, uh, and then they can hire you back maybe a year or two later, and you do it again. And, um, you know, it's, it's fishing out of the same, you know, pond, but with entrepreneurs, uh, you, you really, um, you're teaching success, leadership mindset. You're teaching all these great, great things that I think a lot of people need to know right here, right now. So I take my hat off to you for everything you do. Let me ask you real quick. How do we get a hold of you? We go to your website, mailtier.com. Oh, yes. Oh, wait up. She has a giveaway. Here we go. Yep. Okay. You can go to milltier.com and you can find out anything you ever wanted to know about me. 
But what I really want you to do is go to fivetypesofenergy.com and that's uh, F-I-V-E types of energy.com. Everybody can spell that. Yes. And what will happen is you will actually get uh, a video. It's about five minutes long. And the first one, I think, is actually about uh, financial resources and money and everything. Everybody likes that one. Yeah. Uh, so you'll get another, uh, like a day later, you'll get another five-minute video on uh, your mental energy, your, then your physical energy, your spiritual energy, uh, your uh, all so mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial. And uh, we sell this for about $100 on my actual website. You can see it, but we're going to unlock this. So please go in and get it. And people uh, actually play these videos in schools, trade schools, colleges, churches, and businesses. Wow. I'm impressed because that that it has a nice crossover effect. Folks, uh, reach out. Five types of energy. You spell out five. Uh, five types of energy.com. That's fantastic. Thank you. I'm going to ask you a couple of lightning round questions real quick. So we get to know you better. Um, what should we know about you that we don't know about you? I was arrested as a spy in Israel. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was a professional photographer and I was traveling around the world and my, um, Passport was so full of Egypt and Africa and Europe and all those places as a photographer. Um, and I had just gotten back from uh, Egypt and they were at war with each other. And so I was gone for three months at a time. So when they started asking me details, you know, you can't remember every detail, you know, in three yeah. months. So uh, I got the pleasure of being in jail for three days while the, uh, American counsel is trying to get me out because I definitely was not a spy. But let me tell you this. When I said to them, because I was even had longer blonde hair than I have now, which was like way, way long and a little hippie chick. Yeah. Um, I kept saying to them, look at me. Do I look like a spy? And they kept saying, you look exactly like a spy because <laughs> a spy is someone you would never think is a spy. Is very outgoing and usually physically vibrant and very out, you know, out there. You're all those things. You are our spy avatar. How about that? You are never getting out of here. You know that. (laughs) You are spy. That was a horrible experience, but it's a great story. (laughs) That is a great story. Uh, Next question. Uh, What do you do to relax? (laughs) Oh, um, I am a, a painter, actually. If you look, you're at kidding. Here, oh, let's see if we could get my camera to look in this direction. Wow! So I'm not sure if I can get that going by moving. There we there go. There you go. Oh wow! I, I love I'm that. A painter. I have a big paint studio, and uh, I don't sell anything because, to be honest with you, I have enough, you know, going on without trying to start another business. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm a painter. I live on the beach in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I live right on the ocean, and the um, so I walk on the beach. Uh, I'm a big uh, supporter of animals, and I spend a lot of time begging for money for uh, animal charities. Wow, uh, I'm an artist as well, and I became a graphic designer professionally. But yeah, I got to get back to painting and drawing. I love what you're you're doing over there. Uh, and then I guess my uh, my final question is. Is there anything that really makes you angry? Yes, our current government. <laughs> really? 
Um, I, I mean, what really makes me angry is the uh, inhumanity to us, the yeah. um, the abusive treatment, the spending billions of dollars on things that shouldn't be spent, the um, just insane stuff that uh, is just completely wrong. Yeah. I mean, we're not treating the people in the United States or the world very fairly. Uh, we have mm -hmm. people who have decided that they are the kings and queens of the world and whatever they do, that's just fine. Isn't and that true? the rest of us are supposed to just bow and take care of it. So yeah, that makes me very angry. Yeah. It's oh, like, I they want to listen to that. <laughs> well, they, they, they kind of want us back into serfdom. Shut up peasant. And they forget um, in this country, you, you serve us and they've, they've lost control uh, and light of that. They've forgotten that. So yes, I'm having people ask me if I'd like to run for office. And I used to joke yeah. in life that I would never, ever, 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 ever go into politics. <laughs> well, um, I but would, I'm, I would vote for you. Trust I, me. I'm not sure uh, about that now because now that I am writing more. Um, so can I plug my book? Yes, please. Please go to Amazon and get uh, activate your inner power. And let me just share with you that the purpose of this book is not for you to just read from the beginning to the end. The purpose of the book is, is that you think you have a challenge in your life and you're not quite sure how to handle it. And you just focus on that. And you just ask your subconscious mind to give you the answer. And you sort of flip through the book till it feels like it's at the right page. And then you read the page. And the page I just picked up was self-mastery is training your mind to be stronger than your emotions. They're wow. very short. It's short to the point, And then there's an action plan. Um, we have reached, I'm very happy to say on Amazon, four bestseller positions. I'd like to tell you what they are since my assistant just handed Please. them to me. Yeah. Uh, we, we made number one in a new release in spiritual self-help, number two in meditation books, number 10 in happiness, self-help, and number 22 in self-esteem. So wow. um, pick it up, folks. Activate Thank your you. inner power. Yes. Yes. And and look at all the, the people who wrote because see, there were so many people, Brad, who didn't believe that you could pick up a book and that your subconscious would know exactly where to go in the book to find you answers. And um, I will tell you that in 1984, someone wrote a book similar to this. That was given to me maybe mid 90s. It was an old beat up book. And I remember thinking at the time, one day I'm going to write a book like that. One yeah. day I'm going to do that. This is my 16th book, my fifth wow. bestseller. Fantastic, Lee. Thank you so much for being on Awakened. I've had so much good time. Thank you. Yeah, that went really fast. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, reach out. You can find Lee Miltier at www.miltier.com. Dot com and also go to five types of energy.com spell out the word five f-i-v-e and pick up uh take a look at those videos uh they will help you and they are extraordinary uh lee once again thank you so much for saying yes to being on the show thank you i'm grateful to be here thank you so much brad you bet hey everybody tune in next week for another extraordinary guest here on awakened nation Bye bye
Thank you so much for being a big part of the Awakened Nation movement. This is how you can help me and our extraordinary guests. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please share it out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let's grow this movement by word of mouth. Our success will be because of you. Thank you, and see you next week.